Drama on One. Sundays at 8pm. rta.ie forward slash drama on one. Drama on one. Tonight's Drama on One is Eating Seals and Seagulls Eggs by Katrina Nivarahu. To generations of Irish students, Peg Sayers is often an object of derision. Eating seals and seagulls' eggs is her story. Largely. Meet Peg Sayers as you've never heard her before. Please be advised that the play contains strong adult language that some listeners may find offensive. The Great Blasket was occupied till recently by a village of about 150 inhabitants. The language was Irish. Irish Times. Engagements for weekend. 3pm, garden opening, Luttrellstown Castle in aid of the Jubilee Nurses' Pension Fund. 3.30pm, Corporation of Dublin Band Performance at Hoth Promenade. 4pm, Unveiling of Memorial to Peg Sayers at Dun Queen, County Kerry. In unveiling the gravestone, Chief Justice Carul O'Dalig said that a book lasts longer than any monument. Unfortunate, that maybe. And when this monument had fallen into ruin, Peg Sayers' books would still be remembered. I died in the evening. I had a little bit of a struggle towards the end. They said I had an easy death. Stately. But then... The nuns think all deaths are easy. I haven't found that. My memorial faces the Blaskets. The Great Blasket. And Tillian Moore. Because of the time of year, attendance from outside the parish was less than might have been expected. But apologies were read from on Tukdoran Eamon de Valera, the Minister for Finance, Mr Charles Hawhey, the Bishop of Kerry, Most Reverend Dr Moynihan, the Bishop of Galway, Dr Brown, Dr T. O'Driscoll, Board Falcha, and Michal MacLeamore, who were unable to be present. Then there was the majority of... A bad time to die. December. They couldn't come. The weather. Too bad. Too bad? They wouldn't know bad weather if it came up and bit them in the arse. Then there was the majority, young men and women, who had read Peg Sayre's work as schoolboys and girls, who had perhaps even disliked her work at times. Understatement. To get to the Great Blasket Island, you have to go by a slow steam tram down the full length of the Dingle Peninsula, down through one dark or sun-greened valley after another, every one of them magical with memories of Irish saga and Irish history. Every mile, every name of small village or pounding strand has something of that haunted atmosphere of the great dead. 
And as you leave the town of Dingle... Dingle Dangle. They didn't all like us in Dingle. Mocked us. Our English. Our lack of English. Our accent. Our clothes. And they always knew us. No way of hiding. Walking in single file. Couldn't shake it. No other way of walking on the island. Workhorses. No. Donkeys. That's what they called us. That's what they called us. And as you leave Dingle in the evening, and the coast gets gradually darker and more mysterious, you are, by degrees, entering into another world. Ten miles or so west of that last lighted town of your journey, you round the jet-black mass of Slay Head, edging the tumbling, mist-covered sea. And before you, out on the dusk of the Atlantic, there rises the great, blasted island like a detached mountain. Silent, faintly lit by the cabins that crown it. It is three miles across the Sound. It is 500 years away. It is 500 years away. Gaiety. And melancholy. Kindliness. And severity. Roughness. And delicacy. Boldness. And reserve. Their idea of sin. Was sheep stealing. A curious seriousness. When dancing. Communal hair cutting. And shaving. On a Saturday night in the king's house. I was crowned queen. The only queen the island ever had. A community. Where there are no class divisions. A few simple tools. But no machines. Spider's web to stop the bleeding. For a sore throat? Carrageen. The droppings of a white gander. To make a man fall in love with you. And for thrush when he did. Te dove for a sore eye? Oh. And gannets stand on no dry land. Except Except marble. Bear. And elastic of foot. All 25 Blaska families are squatters who exceed all others in poverty. Misery. Lawlessness. All 25 Blaska families are social parasites. They are deceitful and grasping peasants. They tell each other tales first narrated by Arabs in ancient Persia. Versions of Cymbeline. And Merchant of Venice. We roasted wrens like the Romans. Fifteen to a stick. Barbecued fish. And ate them with herbs. Sunday was dancing day. All the lads from Dunchin came on a Sunday. Into the island. Into the island. Into the island. Into the island. I became the star attraction. They photographed me. They recorded me. They painted me. Harry Kernoff. Sean O'Sullivan. I hung in galleries. I graced front pages. They blinded me with their flashing bulbs. They came in four and a half feet wide boats across the sound, clutching their bellies and their hats. One million words. That's the tally, apparently. The great showwoman of the Blaskets. 
one million words I spoke into their machines. Scholars without Irish writing my words down in miraculous alphabets as they fell in a flurry from my lips. International tales, romantic tales, moral tales, anecdotes, ballads, tales of the supernatural, saints and miracles. They couldn't keep up. They ran out of ink. They ran out of tape. They ran out of paper. And they still wouldn't give me a pension. Not until I went on strike. Stopped speaking. They coughed up fast enough after that. To some of you, the name Peg Sayers means nothing. You lucky, lucky bastards. One million words. Uh, well, I suppose you could say that the long years between me and reading the wretched story of her life and her endless miseries haven't faded the hatred I feel for her and her book. The thought of that book makes me want to drown myself. Yeah, it's the sort of book that would make people want to make Irish illegal. I suspect that many people emigrated just to get away from that old cow. Even her children fell off cliffs and vanished at a suspicious rate. You only have to mention her name to see twitching. The array of tales from her is dizzying. The half-wit and the leprechaun is my favourite. <laughs> I love it. Ends up in a barrel with the wife. <laughs> and a load of parsnips. Carrots. Carrots! Very funny. <laughs> One action forcing an endless repetition of actions. Well, I'd have been building a raft if I had to share it in Ireland with that woman. So keen was her sense of phrase that her words could be written down as they left her lips and it had the effect of literature. In school, everyone scratched out the E and peg on the cover with their compasses. So it's well pig. But I just scratched out all the letters and just wrote cunt across it, black marker. After years of dampening and dulling the imagination of many a fervent youth, Peg Sayers has been taken off the leaving certificate. Uh, I haven't been taken off the leaving cert. But you're not compulsory anymore. But I'm still on it, since 1944. More on than off. Seventy years. What's good it, did you? Did you get paid? I did. How much? Well, go on. How much? £16. £16! That's all. A lot of money then. For 70 years, you are done. I have been judged, as every woman before me has been judged, for the girth of my arse, the width of my ankle, the breadth of my hip, my ability to sweep, to bake, to wash, to clean, to haul turf, to haul seaweed, to haul sand. To keep a fire lit, to keep a bed lit, to want children, to have children, to keep children. There are people who still spit on her grave. It ain't in town where the hint town fame. Peg Sayers, descendant of Protestants, Protestant gentry, who made their way from England in the 17th century in search of another life for themselves. But life got a little less better every day. And dispossessed, they finally settled in Kilvicadownick. Now look there. 
Best rice ruled our lands with an iron fist. No velvet glove in sight from that one. They danced on our grave the day she died, they say. Peg Sayers, descendant of Protestants who made their way from England in search of a new life for themselves, was born on the, the 29th, 29th of March, March 1873, Vickerstown. Vickerstown. Thunchin. If a Folklore is a habit of mind, and with the introduction of gramophones, that habit of mind began to die away. Folklore is a habit of mind, and that habit of mind began to die away. Folklore is a habit of mind, and that habit of mind began to die away. Smell of the heather, the smell of the turf, the smell of the rain, the smell of the earth, the smell of the sea, the smell of the oats, the smell of the fire, the smell of the boats, the smell of the pipe, the smell of seaweed, the smell of the tar, the smell of the fish, the smell of gull's eggs, the smell of the donkey, the smell of the weave, the smell of the wool, the smell of the rabbit, the smell of the heather, the smell of the turf, the smell of my son's hair, the smell of the earth, the smell of my hands. Wie immer mal wach It's been so long. Can you see her? Kotchim. 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 Two hairs. <laughs> your loyal friend, your old friend. I know that. I know all that. We were to the east of the small river flowing down from Knockanlidde, next to the Scanlands, and to the west were Seanbána Crahúj, Oin Brún, Seána Griffin, and Jim O'Bealoy. Caught Jim's father. He never saw her again either. No. And every time he saw me, he thought of her. But I don't remember. I can't remember. She went, I was to follow, no one else to follow. No one else with the money to send for me. I thought it was my ticket out when it came. That it was my letter in, into service, into the island. Caught Jim. Lema chasherisht. Shin biog. A kahav chloch ishtech sanawin. Shin biog. She has fine park in a glass of own queen. Fui matatishinio, shavisa tra, as man of time shinio, beg tussala. If I could do it again, I wouldn't marry. Oh, I know that. Chotantaha la queer ibona. Like a sheep in a pen. Dirt silum salisar shin, nor a feather lay on custus a cor whom. Ilahar Nahora Shin Margarev Alav Gurtaha. Yes. Is Narev Fader lay ein uber Ayanif. No work, no money, no getting out. Is Dav Rishin Ni Rev Ain Lice Ika Urb? No. Is Dav Rishin. Ni rev ein lice ike urum. I'm not sure that's helpful. Take your book. Read it yourself, so. 
We have a new girl in the class and she has Irish. Do you know what that means, girls? It means she can actually understand it. Speak it. She can string two words together and make them make sense. I was bullied. No, I was bullied. I was bullied. No, I was bullied. No, No, I was was bullied. bullied. I was bullied because of Peg. Because I could read it. Because I understood it. My school copy. Still have it. My writing was a little more florid in those days. There are pages missing. And they're the pages where other girls I didn't know wrote. Sap. Cunt. Ugly. And sap again. They wrote those words when I was at the top of the class reading Peg from the teacher's copy. They wrote something in every time I was asked to read out loud. There are quite a few pages missing. I hated that book. Three, four, that's what age I was. We were in the first house to be built, the show house. And all around us other new houses were being built. So sometimes, to see if they would like living in these new houses... People would just come and wander around the garden, peering in the window, while we were in there eating our cornflakes. Our house, at the end of the cul-de-sac, was smack next to the old graveyard, the very old graveyard, and a field of poppies and buttercups which became the new graveyard. The foray by HMS Britomart on the famine-pinched inhabitants of Blaskets and the carrying off of the fishing boats was properly described in the House of Commons as an act of war, a wanton and brutal act of war. Brutal, if perpetrated on the coast of a foreign enemy. These poor fishermen are British subjects, bless the mark. What is the crime of these poor islanders that provoked this armed invasion? They owed rack rents to Lord Cork for the miserable patches of heath and bog where they exist by his permission. And they were not able to pay it. It was a debt and no more. But every creditor is not entitled to call out the army and navy to enforce his civil claim. Honest tradesmen who are swindled by aristocratic customers have no such privilege. Miserable patches of heath and bog. Graveyards. Graves. Graves, feet, graves, foot. <laughs> yes, foot. Uig cos cosele. Je suis une vieille femme à présent, un pied dans le tombe, l'autre près du bord. We cut across the graveyards for everything. Je suis une vieille femme à présent, un pied dans le tombe, l'autre près du bord. To catch the bus, you cut across the graveyard. To go into town, you cut across the graveyard. Maybe it sounds better in the French. To annoy the golfers by stealing their golf balls and throw them into the rhododendrons, you cut across the graveyard. I don't know. They liked it enough to publish it anyway. And if you were unlucky enough to miss your bus, but lucky enough that there was an empty hearse leaving the graveyard, the hearse drivers would give you a lift into school in it. You had to lie down where the coffin goes, and sometimes you would be lying there clutching your school bag with your underlined copy of 
peg in it and people would bless themselves thinking a corpse had just passed them by. Maybe a hat. Ich bin jetzt einen alter Frau und stehe mit einem Fuß in Grab und mit dem anderen in seinem Rand. Did you learn German from the Germans who came to learn Irish from you? Oh, my French is better. Trading lobsters with fishermen gives you a grasp of the basics. You were hounded for that phrase. Mocked. Derided. Despised. Is it that bad? You have to say it, maybe. Shanvan is a mishanish a will cus lace and uig is on cus ella era bruak. Shanvan is a mishanish a will cus lace and uig is on cus ella era bruak. Well, for better or for worse, that's what I did. I said it. I spoke my book. I didn't write it. I spoke it. Ni vegar lehedi arish down. Now I wish I'd said that. One phrase that got him quoted at every second funeral and still does. Antilianach. I spoke my book. I didn't write it. I spoke it. Thomas wrote his. He learned how to read and write in Irish in his fifties so he could write his own book having read his Maxime Gorky. Extraordinary, really. But he's a man. They have the time to take notions like that. I spoke my book. And my son Unfilla wrote it. How could I write it when I can't write? Well, I could write a bit in English if I wanted to. So he would write and I would speak. Like the Greeks. But colder. <laughs> the sand on Unbail Bawn is as white though. And the sea is blue. On a good day. On a good day. Um, I've been recorded too. Oh, he corrected me all right. But he's literary. That's what literary men do. They correct you. Yes. In a studio. On tape. For my Irish. My monster Irish. People would ask me questions and I would answer. I have heard whisperings in small corners with half-lit fires that that book had nothing to do with me. That Unfilla wrote it. Such codology. There were some that wouldn't let you have the meanest thing. Do you think I would have let my son put out a book in my name? Do you think I would have let any man put out a book in my name? He announced the end of the world once, didn't he? Your son, Michal, Amphila. Picture the sacred heart couldn't be bought from here to Tralee. And he said, Maney, the island's midwife, was seven times better than you, the island's Shanachie, as a storyteller. I have skinned rabbits. I have had farmers' dogs hung to cure ailments. I have buried baby after baby. I washed and mended my own son's body because no one else would do it. I don't care what they say. And I married a man I met only the once. Or twice. Or maybe more. I was asked to write that book. Persuaded. That's right. I was persuaded to write it to tell my story, to set it down. There are some that wish I hadn't been, but sure, that's the way of the world. Some people for you, some against. Scratchings of pen on paper, that's what I was asked for. Scratchings of pen on paper. Permanent. A permanent record. Finer than the spoken word. Finer than stories told in darkness. As winds held. And waves crashed on a barren rock. Where the skies are so close to a man's head, he can stretch up. 
and touch the heavens themselves. Four and a half chapters, 169 lines, six words, taken out, redacted, unsuitable, not to be used in the schools. Women drinking, women fighting, women smoking, women singing, women gossiping, killing pigs, having a laugh, having a good time, having a nice time, putting putting the knife in. And that was only from one version of the book to another. Two manuscripts worth went up to Dublin. All the Gaeltacht will be gone up in the post to Dublin soon. That's what Anfila said. All the Gaeltacht will be gone up in the post to Dublin soon. Roedd yr haig sy'n sgi yn y sgornig na mwiki, dy yn si sgrad vilte a fain ma cala bas yn aig. Cwyd y fyn fias y gert a libo i dîl nhw dyna mae galo yn y mwiki leater sy'n sy'n mas rawr liom. Ach, sy'n am gyrraf yn cawn dyna nach dyna mwiki marab? Bridalia, Weaver and Carter Extraordinaire had survived the bad time, and she had as bad a time as any. She had eight children, and if she had, not one of them lived. The famine put to death some of them. But it is not the famine that put them all to death. Seven children and their father Breda had down in the cemetery. And there was only alive herself and her oldest daughter. And that girl too was lost. Bulfer eina, as a coat. Bulfer, agus bulhet en fuerta. Lenelin shen aimshian coat as kilmasule agus sogen glano halave. Shehanishi yil. Keta gehe kreenish, ashishi. She got a rope of grass and she tied it around her daughter's waist. She put her daughter's two little hands that were without life or soul onto her shoulders. That's how she took her. A while walking, a while stopping. Breda reached the graveyard with her dead daughter jammed between her shoulder blades. Placing her precious burden on the ground next to her bare feet, she tried to dig her own child's grave with her hands nails scrubbing at the heavy clay. Near of Karen Agail and Hunger. Near of Karen Agail and Hunger. As soon as the last sod was on the grave, Breda said out loud, There is no danger that you will be woken before the ocean will turn north and the black cormorant white. And Lana Vivia Gulsa Cleavana Hushigme. And Sit up there and go home for yourself. It's time for you now. I suppose you're right. Quick, Cleavon Deg, if you're in your lawn of the Quasish Tachardus. Quick, Cleavon Deg. Fifteen mouths clamped to the breast. Feather fingers fluttering on mother's backs. Unseeing eyes smelling their way into the world. Is it not time for you to go home now? I suppose it is. I suppose it is. The fire was lit. We had enough turf. Enough until the next day. 
we didn't need anymore. Not at that price. Maybe if you had stretched out an arm from the half door to lay your hand on some, you might have done with more. Or if someone had come up with a couple of sods in their pockets to you, you might have done with more. But you would have gone without fire until God himself and all his hosts of angels wrenched you out of your grave if you had thought for even an atom of a second that you would have paid the price I paid for a couple of black, slithery furs roots. Whether she asked you not to look their fatig void at her, Quinim and Leavog Dulshir, I hear it. I hadn't scrubbed the table. Not that day. It was clean enough. It was always clean enough. It wasn't dirty. But it wasn't scrubbed. Scrubbed white with sand. The abrasion of sand on wood. Lifting the dirt out of the grain and skin off of your hands. The sound. It was a filthy day. Rain clouds tumbling down the chimney and up our skirts, down our throats. It wasn't scrubbed that day. Why would it be? I thought he was down in the village, not up on the hill. I never even thought that I would be laying the holy body of my holy child on my unscrubbed, unwhite table. The holy child that I had just talked to. The holy child that had just stretched out his hand to hold mine. The holy child that would be, that was now, and that forever will be my joy. Peg Sayers simply fabricated her accounts. And they said that I was lying that I had lied about my own son's death, that he wasn't found on a rock, that he couldn't have been found on a rock. Fuck them. Who cares where he was found? The one fact that we can all agree on is that he was found. We can all agree on that. Stone dead, sodden dead, dead dead. Isn't that enough for them? Peg Sayers was a woman who spent much of her life inventing stories. She just couldn't help it. Ni fader le pion scrive her cadadalling niece is ever rawest treed. Ni fader le pion scrive her cadadalling niece is ever rawest treed. Derche arum thrasna and void. Derche arum thrasna and void. I'm not saying she knowingly engages in lies and fabrications. Rather, she found it impossible to tell the plain, unfurnished facts. Because, of course, she was, in her heart, a poet. Dirche arum trasna and void is hina machalav, yes. An aulikata agla earth of ahish gimek akulusart. Nabiache an agla earth nagavilan lavish in abulta errai machada the veil. Nabiache an agla earth gavilan lavish in. Begin the raw nevoig akus dachter fair the lankarpo hort leo. Is our heavy and tune and order whether mother left she? In another day, when a cat a slap a mach a vadig of wood, is all the gavishe and order a volan slim slawin clicker. Nachdev inte aha ad is a lehed fein. A ho cordaher is ho suckish is damach dade a gbam in a eye.
Her sense of poetry far outweighs the fact, as indeed it does in most of her narrations. But I will give ye fact if ye want fact. I washed and cleaned my beautiful young boy and made him fit for death. I took his shattered skull and mended it as best I could. I bound his splintered bones and torn flesh. A fall of nine hundred feet doesn't make for a pretty death. I think the death of a child pulls the scab off the wound of every other parent who's gone through that. And it doesn't matter if it was last year or sixty years ago. That's a particular loss that stays with people forever. Because it's against the law of nature to outlive your children. And it's very deep. It really is. And then you can find yourself laughing your head off at something stupid. And then you're in tears. And it's every single human emotion is squeezed into a very broken human heart. And I think there are no words for that loss. I watched them row out across the sand, his body balancing precariously, waves lapping at his fingertips. And that was the last I saw of him. You always have to choose the living. That is every mother's curse. But maybe it was a relief not to be watching them dig the dank dirt from under their feet. And his was the first body in hundreds of years to be buried in Ventry under Irish writing. Moorish, the oldest boy, saw to that. And that was something. Yeah, that was something. But my children couldn't sit and eat at a table marked by Thomas's skin. But Eileen? Nelly Fegg's heirs. Patha Fegg. I never thought she'd go. The Oskelga people have no background in the real world. They are people who are bred from people who never paid rents or rates, poor land, small farms, fishermen. And that was that. Yeah, that was that. Es war Fergentewein rot, nara Ergentschir. She was always knitting my old ma. I can see my mother sitting there knitting, knitting away like anything. Yeah, she used to try and teach me how to knit. And do you knit? No, not really. Hungry Hill, Springfield, Massachusetts. That's where you all went, isn't it? Hungry Hill, when you went out of the island. All of you. Streets black with blasket people. There was more Irish spoken in Hungry Hill than there was in all of Dunreen at one stage, so they say. Wooden frame houses, animals outside, trams, dresses, movies, music, days at the beach, soap, soap, money. Fisk Rubber and Tyre Company. Where on a summer's day you see the ambulances outside take away the men who had collapsed from the intolerable heat inside. Their Their lungs lungs infested infested and awful. Working the bar at night and delivering groceries with first light. American now. If you're going to survive, you need to become an American. Do you have any memories of the island at all? No, nothing. Nothing? No. 
Not too much. Nellie Fegg says. Patha Fegg. She was the last to leave. Oh, she was all right, my old ma. You can laugh now, girl, at your old mother. Huh. You can laugh now. Oh, she was all right, my old ma. She was all right. Come winter, I get a morning. It could die when winter in the harem. Go mommy, I just go saw Wally Gia hate it. So what on you bow? Enough will on Congressman Irhert Yakne. Ni fader de hane taught me that a morning son ordered a lie do. Taught me to be a car of Napoleon, the Frankie. At this bemidge London Hassana. Beg Aaron a fat or wish cat, goddess cat, empty he a reached at the seer. You're German? No. No, he's not my German. The other one was. Ludwig. Given to his morning exercises, he was. Always lepping about, measuring depths of harbours, and counting coves. Calculating heights of mountains. Taking pictures. Sending them home. Ah, what was his name? Mühlhausen. That's it. Ludwig Mühlhausen. My name is Ludwig Mühlhausen. Goebbels Gaelic Lord Haw Haw. That's what they called him. Goebbels Gaelic Lord Haw Haw. Jesus. So they all came. Socialists, communists, republicans pacifists, scholars, the odd saint, <laughs> super peasants from the west, straddling their ideals with pipes in our mouths and sand in our toes. There wasn't one of them that you couldn't name that didn't come. Every cut a priest you could imagine. The Labras striding into the island with their knitted gansies and caps, trying to look like us. Eamon de Valera and Tuchtaran Eamon de Valera stepping off the macha in black beret. What can you do but welcome them? It's you. I think it's you. Swollen mouth. Swollen tongue. Couldn't breathe. Couldn't see. And still they came. And they gawked. Gawked. Perched on either side of my bed, wanting me to speak. Every breath, every sigh captured to make sure nothing was missed. Or forgotten. (laughs) (laughs) Photographer's bulbs flashing. A white lace bonnet. By sunken cheeks front page news. Peg. Talking in Irish to her That's enough now. That's enough. Yeah, there wasn't one of them you couldn't name that didn't come. In summer. In summer. Taken on Twizzle Churchill the Ma, Nach the Walnick, the Calibert, the Hart, the Coastal, the Haven, O Yemua, the Hail, Nana Sassanag, Marshin Fane. Father 
Hitler is dead. The devil Minja Mali. The devil Minja Mali. My mother buried the nine babies that came before me. That's a lot of chairs to be left by the fire at night. So they can come in from the cold and warm their half-formed feet. Crowding in at the door as the darkness fell. A dome of stars lit bright through gossamer skin. Do you believe that there are ghosts that come back in the night to visit the living? Do you? I gave my mother my back as she had given her back to my father all those years before. When she stood shimmering at the doorway, moulded out of flame by an Ulster woman who lifted the skirts of time for a young man looking for a wife in exchange for a few potatoes on the boil. You have to turn your back on your mother, eventually. That is what being a daughter is. I left her wailing into the fire, the same fire that I sat hunkered in front of as I watched my father suck in a hard breath that filled his lungs with forgetfulness. The great bull, Andav Daruk piercing him with his horns. He drowned in the waters of Lethe. The tale he was telling slipping through his fingers, the words catching in his throat. Every rhyme split, every image splintered. You've never lost your place before, I said to him. He must be upon you. Don't be silly, girl, he replied. Death hasn't even left Cork yet. Death is nearby, I said. And he was, waiting to catch him. He died a couple of hours later, his tail left hanging. An unfinished story, nothing worse. Stripped of story, the storyteller withers and dies. Nothing else to do. The world had done with him. But it still needed me. Then? I'll be talking after I'm dead. That's what I said to a nurse whipping a bedpan from under my arse, so the man with the microphone and a bottle of whiskey, red breast, hopefully, could listen to me parse. Can you say fucking Irish? Can you? Ah, go on. Say it. Say fucking Irish. Okay, so what's uh, vagina in Irish? What is it? <laughs> oh, the cupola fuckle are great though when you're away, aren't they? They are though. The cupola fuckle are great when you're away. The Great Blasket was occupied till recently by a village of about 150 inhabitants. The language was Irish, Gaelic. No English was spoken and very little known. A rare combination of circumstances enabled them in their last years to leave a record of their traditional way of life in books written by themselves. The new tales were modelled on the old. What these writers did was to 
weave their autobiographical tale, told many times at the fireside, into a continuous narrative in book four. In this way, they succeeded in carrying over into print the art of the spoken word. It was as if the old Gaelic world had become articulate just as it was about to expire. These books are the literature of a pre-literate community. We have no reason to regret the passing of that word because in the reality of everyday life it was nothing but a grim struggle for bare subsistence. At the same time, we should be grateful to these Blasket writers for having left us a memorial of their materially backward but highly cultured community. And perhaps we have something to learn from them about the state of our own culture. I was asked to write that book. Persuaded. There are some that wish I hadn't been. But yeah, that's the way of the world. Some people for you. Some against. Some against. Uh, Peg, have you any story about St. Brendan you can tell us? To some of you, the name Peg Sayers is nothing. That was Eating Seals and Seagulls' Eggs by Katrina Nivarhu. Performed by Katrina Nivarhu and Louise Lewis. Other voices were Michael James Ford, Janice Condon, Dunica Crowley, Connor Madden, and Pat Kinnevan. Sound design was by Neil Toner Jr. and Les Key. With special thanks to the Folklore Department at UCD for additional sound archive. Sound supervision was by Richard McCullough. Eating Seals and Seagulls' Eggs by Katrina Nivarhu was directed by Goretti Slaven.